Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Revolutionary Jargon. I have a special guest for you all today. We have a man, Nick G. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm breathing. So as long as I'm breathing, I'm okay. No complaints. <laughs> so, <I> give, <laughs> so give my audience a brief introduction about yourself, what you stand for, uh, what's on your mind, and how you feeling right now going through COVID and all this type of stuff that, during the last couple of years. Well, you know, I mean, I've got pneumonia. Uh, they're trying to figure out if it's COVID pneumonia, so I'll find that out by, by either today or, or Tuesday. Um, so forgive me if I have this little white towel, if it gets a little bit hot or I get out of breath. Um, but, you know, I um, am like a super socialist for sure. Um, I think I was always a socialist, to be honest with you. Um, I just didn't know it. I think a lot of people in the hood are really socialists. They just don't really know it. Um, and beyond, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, for sure, beyond, right? But, and so I um, used to hustle legally um, and illegally. Um, I used to hustle cologne and perfume out of the back of the trunk. And I did that for about 15 years. And I would go state to state. And I would go to, you name it. I mean, I'm from Vegas. I was raised in Vegas. Uh, my family's from Cuba. So that's a different story. But, you know, it, it's, I would go from Nevada to Arizona to California to Texas, to Florida to, to Utah. And I would go to, um, all parts of life and I interact with all types of people, um, especially cops, um, especially cops. And so I have, for me, um, a, a, a deep understanding about police, deep, um, not just the record to prove it, you know, but, it, it, and it's just, I think it's just a very important thing that you guys are doing over here. Um, RJ, I think you're just killing it, you know, and, and I'm just really proud to be on your show and uh, any way I can help, man. So give you a different perspective if I could. Thank you, I appreciate that, man. Uh, one of your biggest passions you were talking about is talking about police and also talking about criminal justice reform. So I do wanna put on the screen um, an article that's really describing how the federal government's gonna manage um, really criminal justice reform. And so on the screen for you right now, <clears throat> there's an article um, by the company, uh, not, uh, by the institution, Brennan Center for Justice. And this article, you should probably see it before this ad popped up. <laughs> uh, and wait, wait, look at the ad though. The ad said, go vote. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I, I didn't even catch that. Our audience probably gonna catch that and get out okay, before that's Yeah, we'll do, for who? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so this article right here says, uh, at the top of the headline says, Biden's budget steps up spending for criminal justice reform. Okay, and so we'll read through a little bit of it. it says the administration is leveraging Justice Department grants to local and state governments to try to improve outcomes. So this article is written by Michael Crowley, if anyone wants to know about it. And if you want to look at the article yourself at the end of this uh, video, um, it'll be in the description. 
So it says expectations are high for President Biden to prioritize criminal justice reform. Just a few weeks ago, his fiscal year 2022 budget was released and it includes Justice Department funding for state and local grant programs. Our, ad our analysis found some 1.3 billion earmarks for reform related grants, which are one of the main tools the federal government has for spurring positive change at the state and local levels. The number represents a 78% increase from the previous year. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. Yikes. Okay, so here are the next. So what are your first thoughts on that? I, wanna, I don't want to rush through because that is something substantial to see a 78% increase in terms of uh, really the state and local earmarks to get federal grants. What are your thoughts on that so far? Well, it's trash, first off. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, when you throw the word reform, it's always like... Um, how can I say this? It always bothers me because I, because I already know that the Democrats always, I was tweeting to somebody this morning that said something stupid. Um, wordplay is gunplay in politics. Wordplay is gunplay. So whenever they always throw a reform on something, just that title always freaks me out, always, because I already know that it's just, it's, it's already, it's already going to be watered down. Uh, to, I mean, 78% um, at a time right now where it's the blue flu, where, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you can keep reading it, but it's, it's, it's atrocious already. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with, I ague with you on that one. So uh, continue going, it says community violence intervention and police hiring. Many justice reformers point out that there are effective non-law enforcement strategies for reducing violence. And so that kind of what means is that you don't have to actually pass a law which requires time, which requires uh, reformist tactics to change the system to make these changes. You could just enforce strategies that don't really require laws in action. And so then it says Biden's budget goes big on one such set of strategies, including $100 million into new community violence intervention initiative grants funds within the Department of Justice and $100 million within the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. This $200 million is augmented by an unprecedented $5 billion request as part of the President's infrastructure package to put Americans back to work. Acting Assistant AG Amy Solomons highlighted the administration's goal to investing in non-enforcement strategy outreach programs, which rely on community members to resolve disputes and change norms around the use of violence. So DOJ says that will support forced deterrence, a community outreach strategy that involves services plus the threat of arrest, although not, strict, although not strictly a non-law enforcement approach. It does present, represent a turnout from past DOJ grants that focus primarily on traditional criminal justice strategies to combat crime and violence. Yeah, well, you let me gave just a, pause you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, because you gave a, Lord, a great reaction. Lord, Lord have mercy. So first off, if you can go back to the back to work part, I mean, for what? For what pay? So it's like when you like when it's this um, where it says which rely on community members to resolve disputes and change norms around the use of violence. Well, aren't policies violence? So it's like it's just I don't get the Democrats. I don't understand them. OK, because it's like they're always trying to fix the problem after the fact. Like after 20 years, now we're going to try to fix it. But then what about all the stuff before that, that caused that problem in the first place? 
And so then when you have these forced deterrents, a community outreach strategy that includes service plus the threat of arrest, although not strictly a non-law enforcement approach, although not strictly, well, that's a funny word. The hell does that mean? Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with you. This article. What does that mean? We all know that Biden loves violence. That's just a fact. That's just what it is. That's just what Democrats do. That's that's the country we live in. Very violent. So this not strictly a non-law enforcement approach. It's just it's just stupid. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's it, then it's weird too because I believe the president has direct access to police. Like they can change anything that happens to do with the police instantly. That's the one thing that they can control, I believe, more than anything else. Oh, that's but the this military. is the shit that he does. Yeah, the and, president. Yeah. Yeah, the president has control of the armed forces. I'm not sure about uh, the, the, pol- the police, though, in terms of state and, and local. But yeah, but in terms of federal police, I believe they do too. Right, but, right. Department of Justice and the funding. So it's like, I mean, it's 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 just it's a band aid. But you can keep going. Force deterrence. What kind of crap is that? Yeah, we. This is a definitely a pro-establishment article. That <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so reading on, it says the Biden administration is not. Uh, de-infamizing uh, police. In fact, it's requesting $388 million for a hiring program right out of the official community-oriented policing service. That's a double the funding of the previous year for about 2,500 new officers. So we go from defunding to police <laughs> to outsourcing funding for the police. So what, what's your thoughts on that so far? Man, what kind of shit is that? I mean... Look, it's like I was talking to a friend yesterday when he was like, oh, well, you know, the, the defund is working. It's working because, look, you know, Oakland defunded this and yada, yada, defunded that. And it's like, no, 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 no. When you get to the nitty gritty, you know, and you start seeing, yeah, okay, so they're defunding it by 17 million, 19 million compared to them adding 30 million to it already anyway. And then you see this doofus is going to go ahead and add 388 million for a hiring program. So that means he's going to hire more white supremacists, okay? White supremacists like, even if they look like our color, okay? 2,500 new officers. Man, that's a lot of ass beatings, okay? So that's what I look at because it's that's just, you're not getting the point. But I think it's because they're not supposed to get the point. I think that just, you know, it's just a doomed party. They're just not gonna get it. They love cops, I think, more than Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe Biden said it himself back in the '90s. He said, "Look, it's a Democratic crime bill." Like, yeah, you, you, it's like you can't say that Democrats now are soft on crime. You know, no. he's like, "Look." So he did the whole speech in the Senate, whispering into the mic like he does, like a fucking creep, like a weirdo. Like, who does that? And and look, and did you? Did you uh, catch the thing about where, you know, he was, um, uh, somebody's almost like proud of it. There was a member in Congress, I forgot, that's almost like proud of the fact that the Democratic Party is not the defund party. It's like they're flipping in real time in the last like weeks. It's insane. It's well, insane. So just to check out MSNBC, we uh, MSNBC went from, Oh, see, the Democrats, we're not about to defund the police. That's the far left to the defund the police is a Republican thing. <laughs> like that's what Joy right. Ed, 
that's what Joanne Reed did on MSNBC oh, the other day. Like, she's so trash. As soon as Republicans, <laughs> like, as soon as Republicans, like, uh, wanted to uh, defund the military because of a military general saying nice things about critical race theory. I know. Now, now apparently, uh, Democrats go from, okay, well, the military spending, yes, it's a little excessive. We should cut a little bit of it off, even though they weren't going to do anything, to now being more pro-military than the Republicans. Like, it's a realignment in real time. In real time. And then it's like you're backing, once again, a military general. What, is that okay? What does he... What, would, what is he famous for? How do you get that position? You get what I'm saying? Meaning like, like how do these people get these positions? Uh, it's because they not just only fit what they want, but their whole mental, like they are, you know, it, it's, you don't get any more white supremacists than a, than a military general, okay? So, I mean, it's just, that's just what you get. And so it's like, it's weird because now you see the Democrats in a weird light because now it's like exactly what you said. Now they're defending the military, the, the, and they always defend the military, but it's just, it's just ass backwards, man. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And before I just skip it over, so there's like a little chart that shows the increases for the DOJ's criminal justice reforms and related grants. So on the far left, you would see the appropriation of when it was released in <clears throat> 2021. And this is the 22, 2022 request that the Biden administration is giving out. So you can see the difference in terms of the monetary funds giving out per grant. So in 2021, for example, when you have community violence intervention initiative, $0. But for the 2022 proposal, that's 100K. So that's 100 million. So wow, that's a lot of money being appropriated to these different types of uh, projects that they're doing. And in terms of police focused reforms, um, for instance, like uh, higher, like the cop hiring grants, you had 193 million in 2021 and the new budget, that'll be 388 million. So these these are pretty much substantial increases to the military. I mean, it's, this is 25%. That one's got to at least be a, a third. But go down to body worn cameras. You see how it's just even? It hasn't yeah. changed at all. Yeah. What type of shit is that? To be, to be honest, now, we know cops, they turn off the body cam, yada, yada, all that stuff happens. Okay, it is what it is, you know, but sometimes those cameras catch them doing crimes. Um, you know, I mean, it takes a, a, a world of people to, you know, unfortunately have to kind of uh, get the police department to actually have to release the camera. That's another issue. But I'm saying, why is it that the body cam is still the same? Like, it's just, oh my God, it's a headache. <laughs> yeah, a headache. yeah, it is a headache. Yeah, it is a headache. And so like even systemically, when a cop gets caught doing something wrong on camera, one, if it goes to the courts, a lot of the times the courts will blur, blur out the perpetrator's face, blur out the victim's face, and then, then we'll release it to the, then we'll give it to the family and bar the family from releasing it to the public. Like that's what happened, right. I think, with a, uh, last name Brown, I forgot what the first name was. That's the same uh, situation happened to his family. Or they give him like seven seconds, you know, and they say, here you go, here's a conclusion. And you're like, what? And then look, go down to this. See, cause I'm a numbers guy. If you see the family-based alternative sentence, no, not that, I, wanna, I wanted to look, there we go. Mental health, courts and collaborations. 
So that increase by five million, that's what he's proposing. Um, when in reality, that 388 million, half of that should probably go down to that section. But not courts per se. I would scratch that and just do mental health, you know? So, because mental health court, that's a total different ball game because that's once again in the system and then it's just crazy. But it's just, it's just a shit show. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that is, that is really ridiculous. I mean, it's pretty great how they break it down too to see where the money is going. Of course, the way, of course, the narrative in which this article is written is pretty pro Biden and pro cop, I guess. But it sure. is essential that they at least got the numbers down so it could be debunked and you can actually see the differences. And a lot of times you have to read between the lines with these type of numbers so you can actually see the narrative that is changing in real time. Look at so, drug courts, though. Lord have mercy. Go back to drug courts. Oh, drug Because courts. most offenses, most people locked up are in there for nonviolent crimes. They're in there for drugs. So then if you go to drug courts, you had 83 million. He proposed 95 million. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it yeah, just a, keeps the world going, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's a 14% increase. So actually, I think they're actually two of the largest, yeah, they're two of the largest individual increases in terms of how this budget is uh, proportioned. Yeah, well, we know what they're going to go after. I mean, I yeah. What that is. I mean, look at the hiring grants. Um, I think we covered it too, but we didn't actually see the actual percentage of uh, the cop hiring grants. We read earlier about the process in which um, the government is outsourcing to hire cops for various state and local uh, facilities. That's an increase in terms of just last year by 101%. So it's really showing you that. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. You can go ahead. Uh, it's just incredible to just, you know, see the numbers. You would almost think that, <coughs> you know, if they really, like, the establishment is so stupid because, you know, like, these numbers tell a total different story. And it's just like, I mean, adding 2,500 cops is, 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 is not a proper solution right now um, at all. You know, that doesn't make any community any safer at all. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah, that's true on that one. Um, I guess we could move next to the police uh, focus reforms. So just continuing earlier, I hope you guys uh, like this article. Um, it says the Biden administration also is tackling needed police reform. So this is what really we thought coming down the pike at the end of the George Floyd protest. So let's see what narrative the administration is going to have. So another new priority for the, for the COPS hiring grants will be investing diversity into law enforcement <laughs> so agencies better mirror the communities they serve. Importantly, mm. the, the budget includes $20 million in new funding for police training on racial profiling, de-escalation, and the duty to intervene a priority of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So what do you think about that so far? Because when I first initially said it, it was in bold diversity. I'm like, okay, just more people who look like us killing us for the, se- exactly. for the state. But the second exactly. part, but the second part gave me some pause because you do have a lot of things in there that people do want in terms of police reform. So what's your thoughts on this first uh, paragraph here? Well, I mean, um, black cops showing out from the white cops. <laughs> so 
that's what that is. Okay, so but it'll be a lot better if if I have a Cuban cop beat me up first. So you know, <laughs> it, it's it once again it doesn't help anything at all. Okay, so it is a and and it's it's interesting because where is this article from? So this article is from uh, the Brennan Center for Justice. Gotcha. It's like who is this for? You get what I'm saying? Like, meaning like, what, who is Biden doing this for? He's doing this for his donors. He's letting people know very clearly out in the open, like how he's always been, you know, that no, I'm not going to defund that a damn thing. I love cops. Cops protect me from the people that I try to, you know, ask to fight me outside when he was on a campaign. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. so it's like diversity in law enforcement doesn't do anything. And I'm just talking from my personal experience because I've had all types of police officers, uh, 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 police officer encounters from any color in the world. Okay, you know I don't want to talk about how many times I've been locked up. Um, it's pretty high up there. I'm not saying that to brag. You know, um, I'm saying that because I, I I've encountered a lot of police officers. You know what I mean? from different backgrounds, different colors, you know, and a cop is a cop, okay? So uh, it, that's what it is. They protect themselves, you know, and it's just, you know, this diversity in law enforcement doesn't help anything at all. Uh, it's rude. Uh, and then this, you know, budget that includes 20 million in new funding for racial profiling, that's already been proven that it doesn't work. De-escalating how? De-escalating how? Shooting them in the leg? How, what, what, like, so that's already been proven that it doesn't work, okay? It's already been proven already. So it's like this, this nonsense of, of, uh, of um, using the term diversity and, and, you know, broadening how police look and the academies look and it's supposed to look pretty, you know, and it's supposed to look like America. That doesn't mean shit. Because the people that are cops, you know, you got to have a certain mindset to be a police officer, okay? And it's like no rationale person that actually has a, a deep care for human individuals is going to be a fucking police officer. That's true. It's just not going to happen. Not going to sorted. And they're like, well, I'm protecting bad guys when it's like, well, what's a bad guy? Because now we got to get into those lines, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, so it's just rude. It really is. It's asinine, you know, and it's, it's, it's to Biden. <laughs> yeah, it's to Biden. That's what it is. Yeah, that's true on that one. Um, so continuing on, it says the budget also includes $20 million to restore the COPS um, collaborative reform, which was defunded by the Trump administration. This program employs a voluntary approach with law enforcement agencies on issues such as excessive police shooting and violence. The strategy is an Pause. adjunct. Pause right there. Pause right there. <laughs> that's, that's funny because it's like, oh my God, which was the, look, this program employs a voluntary approach with law enforcement agencies on issues such as excessive police shootings. So the goal is to stop the shootings before they happen. That's the goal. 
So this is a sentence literally admitting, ah, we're gonna keep the students going, but we'll talk about a better move. The That's fuck? Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, you, no you're, on, you're on fire, <laughs> right? You're on fire right now. And it says uh, the strategy is an adjunct to the patterns. I'm and sorry. Practice. I'm sorry. <coughs> oh, you're good. Okay, so just it says uh, the strategy is an adjunct to the patterns and practice investigations carried out by DOJ Civil Rights Division, which is also which also has been restored by the Biden administration. <clears throat> so two key features that um, were defunded by uh, the Trump administration in terms of the collaborative reform, which we said was uh, local law enforcement agencies looking at like excessive police shootings and violence. And also it was the civil rights division that was defunded by Trump that's now being restored by Biden. But we don't know the actual usage of it yet. So Exactly. And you know what's funny too with all this? Liberals are going to be like, it's a win. It's a W. See, Trump took it back. Biden brought it back. Biden's the guy. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, no, it's not a W at all. It's not even a mid W. It's a layup. <laughs> yep, that's I. I agree with you on that. That's that's the crazy part. And the way liberals are, I can look at something like, oh, there's a cop justice uh, reform uh, commission oh there's a cop this and it's like yay that's a win right but they never look at the details never never it's like i don't have time to read the details you know <laughs> but it's like but people like that they never really have encounters with police anyway and that's just the truth yeah they just trust biden <laughs> yeah okay it says uh div diversion and incarceration alternatives Clemency authority remains among the president's most powerful tool for addressing unnecessary incarceration. And Biden reportedly plans to begin exercising it soon to address racial inequalities and other systemic issues in the federal criminal justice system. So that question, that first question in terms of, yes, the presidency, they do have a power to um, shorten people's sentences or to pardon fully if they wanted to. But the issue is that Biden's entire political career, when has he ever stood up and want to reduce anyone's uh, sentence if they were put in jail? So that's, so it says soon. So like, like I, don't, I don't believe that. And so I'm gonna just keep reading on. Um, no. Uh, but most incarceration is at the state and local, and state and local level. Wait, did I, okay. Uh, yeah, but most incarceration is at the state and local level. And the administration also is seeking $35 million for the Justice Reinvestment Initiative, which has re uh, reduced state prison populations. This program has worked with at least 35 states since 2007, has been credited with an 11% drop in state incarceration. The Trump administration had attempted to de defund the initiative, appearing unenthusiastic about reducing incarceration. Biden's budget also makes available $100 million in new grant, to fund, new grant funding to reduce juvenile incarceration, a major initiative. So based on like the wording of this article, they're showing out, hey, Trump was defunding a lot of shit. But it's also, mm -hmm. giving, it's also giving massive grace in terms of ignoring Biden's previous political history about uh, police violence, was also too uh, really hyping up the type of money he's investing into these different types of groups, which, not all, which doesn't always um, reveal success. So what are your thoughts on like this uh, diversion and incarceration alternatives so far? Um, I would say to what you just said right now, facts for sure. 
um, you know, the unnecessary incarceration is, is um, once again, it's almost a rude statement to a black person to say that, you know, most powerful tool for addressing unnecessary incarceration. Well, let me, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, we all know it's, most of it is unnecessary, if not all of it. Um, you know, so it's just to, just, just, just to have that sentence is so, what's, it's, um, how can I say this in a nice way? I could tell a white person wrote this. I'll say that. <laughs> um, you know, because it's just, it's just who talks that way? <laughs> you know, like, it's like the Democrats give us no, no choice but to make our blood boil. You know, they give us really no choice because it's then if you go back to, it says here state and local, right? Uh, which is funny because they talk about a federal criminal justice system, most incarceration is at the state and local level, paid for by us, our money. So I don't know why it doesn't say that in the, in, in the paragraph, you know, to just give the context that it is, this is all ours. You know, they're using our money to lock our, our own selves up. <laughs> so like we're paying, we're paying to have ourselves get tortured and shit, you know? So, and then it's like, has been credited. This program has worked with at least 35 states, ooh, you know? And it has been uh, uh, credited with an 11% drop in state incarceration. 11% um, drop is not that big of a deal when we incarcerate more people than anybody else in the world. Well, also, too, only since 2007. That's like, <laughs> that's a lot of years, probably 11% yeah. drop. Yeah, like, you're, like, all y'all should be fired. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, this is a simple solution. Like, if, like, I had a genie, you know what I mean? I'd be like, look, everyone in government right now, fire. Fire every single last one of them. I don't care who's in it. I don't care what they, fire. Start from scratch, you know? So, and it's, and, and what, means a lot to me seriously too is that that <coughs> juvenile incarceration <coughs> which is a pipeline and we know that um when i was 10 or 11 um that was my first time going to juvie um my friends had dared me to scream fuck the police <laughs> no problem with me um because the police were in my neighborhood in northtown vegas I screamed it, yelled it. It was a good time. Cops walked me over. They said, come here. They said, get in the back of the car. This is 10 now. Drove me to the station. Had me walk through the whole thing for an hour. Called my parents. And then that drama, right? And so folks that don't know anything say, oh, well, that's what you get. You can't be telling the police to fuck off. You know, and that's another thing that Anybody that says that has never even been around police because police are the most frightened people on earth. They are scaredy cats. They can never do shit one-on-one. -on -one. They always got to be in a group and backtracking. That wasn't the proper way. What, what would have been the proper way if the cop really wanted to make his presence felt because he's going to be policing there for a while because that's what they do, like roaches that just stay in there right, is he would have said, hey, why do you even feel that way? Why do you even say fuck the police? What's the problem with that? It would have been a dialogue conversation, but no, no, there's no purpose of a dialogue conversation. 
because as soon as something is 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 that's truthful pierces the cop oh that pisses them off you know what i mean and so this this whole uh juvenile delinquency rehabilitation and juvie it's just it's atrocious you know and it's like our most precious commodity is our kids and so th that's not gonna do shit <laughs> except make more me. people angry I just can't believe you guys sent the juvie just for saying fuck the police. Where like, to God? I said fuck the police. I said it for a good two minutes. I was see walking around, I was doing it. Um, and so they were they weren't even there for us. You get what I'm saying? So where I live at, cops would come in there all the time. So it, you know it is what it is. Nobody. So but and you know we were all hanging out, and but that's what it is. <laughs> so I guess that cop, which let's be clear. I want to make this very clear. It wasn't just, it was about two or three cops. Okay. So, and that's the problem. You get what I'm saying? Meaning that you, you, you can have a good cop, right? Allegedly what people consider to be a good cop that can be like, no, let's not take that kid to jail. Well, that's stupid. He's a kid. He's 10. He's saying stupid shit. We'll get him when he's, when he's older. You know what I mean? But no, no, because a lot of folks have to remember that cops don't, they don't <coughs> live in the areas that they patrol anyway. So when they see a black skin, it's, it's, it's an alien to them. It's an alien to them. It's an other. So I don't have to be around here anyway, except uh, arresting another one of you anyway. So it's just, it's just, just horrible, horrible. Oh, oh Biden. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying there is, is valid, you know about Biden, about your own personal experiences with police. And, you know, and also too here, it says uh, the Biden administration um, recognizes the need for improved transition support for people getting out of prison and is requesting $125 million for a second chance act, reentry grants, an increase of 25 million. And so they're also uh, here, it says they're also showing you where, which other types of money they're putting in. So it's improving indigent <laughs> Uh, defense and wrongful conviction review with $77 million in grants, uh, $68 million in new funding for improving juvenile defense, uh, $40 million, uh, $25 million for a public defender uh, improvement grant, and $12 million, and $12 million for a capital case and wrongful conviction uh, review grants. So what are your like thoughts on these uh, grants that look like they can really help people? Well, look, here's the deal. You know, I personally do like, um, hold on, I broke out on you. All right, um, go to, okay, yeah, right there. The reentry grant, um, I like that. Um, sorry, hold on. Okay, we're gonna pause it. I think he just, I think he just dropped. So we're gonna pause this for a second, guys. Sorry about that. He'll be right back. Okay, sorry about that, guys. We're back. Had a quick technical difficulty, but we're back to talk about some more great stuff. So I think we finished off talking about um, these different types of grants, and you're giving your opinion on really the second. Chance Act, which is the Reentry Act, and a few others. Which is um, 
How much money? $125 million for Secretary Sack. Increase to $25 million. Which, personally, I love that. Because, you know, being a former ex-jailbird, um, birds plural, <laughs> um, you know, that is, that's very important because I think a lot of people forget that these, these people that get forgotten about, they got to come back to society. And if you shunned on them so much, you know, when they were in there, you know, um, you know, this, this whole term of rehabilitation uh, is a farce. You know what I mean? So in essence, I love that. I do. My concern when I read that is, well, how? Because what what specifically in programs are you going to do? Like, are you going to do some type of, you know, besides the, the normal GED? That's not enough. That's not enough. Okay. You know, so, but it's like these guys get these, and women. Okay. So, um, um, and LGBTQ, because I've been locked up with folks in there too, okay, that can whoop some ass. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if, if Biden can't fix that in the job market, you know, and these folks get these skills, you got firefighters, <laughs> you know what I mean, that are, that are in prison, but they can't be firefighters in real life. So I just, I like that for sure. You know, um, I'm sure that there's somebody that can maybe break that down to me uh, as I start after this to, to Google that a little bit more and see exactly what he means by that. But I do like that. I do like that for sure. Now there's stuff up there that I don't like, you know? So, you know, and, and that's the thing with, with, uh, with the Biden sexual, you know, it's like, one good thing that he does, oh, fantastic. He's, he's top of the world. He's a king, you know, but it's, it's just that I do like personally. But, you know, the, the society, they, 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 shun, they shun us folks in a way. So I don't know how much that's going to help. And is it going to make their pockets fatter? Because that's where, that's where the help really needs to be into. But I digress. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Usually they, usually they tell you all the time, theoretically, like, when you go to jail or prison, you're supposed to be rehabilitated and you're supposed to make sure that when people like that to do go to prison, that when they leave, they're supposed to be reintroduced in society, give them the tools they need to come back to regular life. And so it is a good thing at face value when you have different types of monies and grants going to help people like that. But is it going to actually be used in a way you have the best programs to help these different people? And, or is that money just going to be like you said, go back into the pockets of those who are already with the system in the first place. Indeed. So it says here that Congress is having some priorities. So it went from the Joe Biden's uh, priori priorities in terms of what he wants to do, and now we're into Congress. So it says budgets communicate presidential priorities with a public increasingly concerned about a reforming, about reforming a dysfunctional criminal justice system the president's 2022 budget request for the DOJ state and local grant programs will help improve the fairness of the system, reduce incarceration. Okay, they're just doing propaganda. At the same time, more can be done. <laughs> like, right. this is, okay, 
The Congress also may want to consider some additional priorities. For example, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act includes 900 million in new DOJ grants focused on police accountability, but Congress appropriators do not need to wait for passage of this legislation to provide funding for the new grants. Congress also may want to consider restructuring some DOJ grant programs to focus additional resources on criminal justice reform. A recent proposal suggests an approach that can be uh, scaled, and one program worth revising is the $356 million Burn Justice Assistance Grant, a formula grant that all states and many communities automatically qualify for with no strings attached. Something else worth considering, too, is going much bigger on grant assistance to help reduce incarceration. So the first thing I saw is like many leftists see that one of the biggest issues with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is that it increases money for the police when we're trying to defund it. So he, yeah. here it says it increases $900 million in the actual grants, which I think is kind of uh, problematic. So right. what are your what thoughts? Defund? But we're defunding. We're doing different <laughs> math. We're adding to subtract. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so what are your thoughts on everything on that so far? I think that's the no, last I, bit of it. I, I think he summed it up beautifully. I think he summed it up beautifully, you know, so I think that it's, it's um, um, you know, the problem is that we have folks locked up that don't need to be locked up, you know, and it doesn't matter what damn act that we have that we passed until we abolish the actual entity and system of locking up our very own people, um, having this snitch culture, because that's what it is. It's a snitch-ass culture, you know? Um, George Floyd got snitched on, and he didn't even do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's, it's, is that an act? Can we have a snitch act, you know, where, 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 but then you see what Biden's doing. Now he wants everyone to start snitching on everyone. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, let's do it. You know? And it's just, it's just, it's, I think you summed it up beautifully. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's just, I, I, I don't want to see my people locked up. And I do mean black people first, but I mean all people, you know? So I don't want to see nobody get locked up uh, for something nonviolent, even if they do something violent. Um, there has to be serious rehabilitation, just like how they do in the Nordic countries. Um, they do it phenomenal. And people get weird when I say that. Like they, their brain goes, well, wait a minute. So you want them to be able to walk, walk free and like actually like have plants and like animals like how they do in Sweden when they're locked up, like they can actually like get out. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because when you're locked up and you're in there, you know, 23 hours, um, that's all you think about. That's all you think about is getting out. It drives you insane. And so it's not, it's, it's, it's not a holistic approach. You know what I mean? So I just, so that's my thoughts. But you nailed it though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times, um, I think, I, I, just, I just think overall it's good so far to really read that article to see what type of money is going where and what type of, you know, language they're using in terms of what Biden is going to do federally, um, how Congress is looking at it in terms of how they want to go about it on a state and local level, state and local level, because that's really where it impacts people the most in terms of how they interact with the police. And that type of uh, state and local system 
a lot of times is most responsible for what's going on. Like when Obama was president, he gave millions of dollars, millions of dollars increased the police and for all these different types of equipment and um, like tear gas, all this type of stuff, stuff, which then was able to use under the Trump administration. So a lot of these things flow together. Indeed, indeed. And then talking about Obama handing, you know, uh, 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 artillery, serious artillery to police officers. And I'm sure, I think that started before him too. Um, but, you know, it's like having a new toy, you know? Uh, Tucker over here, because I live in Georgia, um, Tucker has a tank. The police department of Tucker has a tank. How a tank? A tank. Mm. So why, why would you need a tank on your very own citizens? But that's because they're not very own citizens. They're different. Police are, 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 are different. They get special treatment. And when you have a toy like a tank, you're going to want to use it. And that's what folks need to understand. So yeah, it, it's I'm all the way defund. I don't want the cops to even exist at all. To be honest with you, I'd rather be. Uh, hey, yes, Rudy. <laughs> it's my son. I'd rather just have uh, local individuals just do the policing. To be honest with you, because at yeah. least I know where to live at. Yeah, so it's like a like citizens arrest us, uh, mm -hmm. like using using actual citizens to govern ourselves Absolutely. instead of the Absolutely, because yeah, and and then too this whole facade that. Cops have been in existence forever. You know, listen, I can talk about cops forever, okay? But the whole structure of the whole start of the police is the whole reason why they got to end. I agree with you on that 100%. And just to uh, talk about one other subject before we wrap up, um, you did want to talk about climate change. And I do kind of want to show this article um, that I thought was pretty surprising, which I don't think anyone is talking about. And so I'll put this on the screen and I'll. So let's go, brother. Yeah, so what surprised me, and let me know if you can see this or not. I got it. Okay, you can see that article on the screen right now? Yes, sir. Okay, so here it says, and it's an article written by the New York Times, and I saw that. <clears throat> no, I, I thought it was very shocking. So it says, this dispossessed again. Climate change hits Native Americans especially hard. Many Native people were forced into the most undesirable, okay, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> uh, I do says, that too. You do that too? I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not reading that shit. I'm gonna find a different way to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I ain't got time to pay for that stuff. Mm -mm. I don't <laughs> so, like y'all that much anyway. <laughs> so anyway, it says many Native people were forced into the most undesirable areas of America, first by white settlers, then by the government. Now parts of that marginal land are becoming uninhabitable. It's like, well, <laughs> And so this article was written <clears throat> by Christopher Flavel and Kaylin Gutluck, and it was actually an article that came out just yesterday. And so once again, I'll put the uh, article in the description box under the video when you guys see it. So if you want to check it out for yourself. But it says in Shefranak, a Yupik village, sorry if I butcher the names of both, near the western coast of Alaska, the water is getting closer. So just many <clears throat> of those who don't know where Alaska is, Alaska is a state in the United States it's kind of north near Canada. And historically, it's always been a very cold state, but due to climate change and 
global warming itself, even that region is starting to get even warmer. And so when you have permafrost, which shows here is a thick ground once frozen solid is thawing. And so when that thaws, it makes the ground unsettled and it also causes a whole lot of flooding. And so <clears throat> just continuing on, the village preschool, it's blue paint peeling, sits precariously on wooden stilts and spongy marsh between a river and creek. Storms are growing stronger at high tides these days. Water rises under the building, sometimes keeping out the children three to five. The shifting oh. ground has warped the floor, making it hard to close the doors. And so one person, one uh, lady says, I love our building, said Eliza Tunchuk, one of the teachers, at the same time, I want to move. It says the village where the median income is about 11K a year sought help from the federal government to build a new school on dry land. One of the dozens of buildings in Shepherdnot that must be relocated. But agency after agency with offered various variations of the same response. No. From Alaska to Florida, Native Americans are facing severe climate challenges, the newest threat in a history marked by centuries of distress and dislocation. While other communities struggle on a warming planet, Native tribes are experiencing an environmental peril exasperated by policies first imposed by white settlers and later the United States government that forced them onto the desirable lands. So I'm going to throw you uh, this question, a couple of questions here. <clears throat> so what's your thought? Really the first couple of paragraphs I've read because we discussed um, the environmental impacts that the Native Americans are going through, how it's affecting their own infrastructure that they're been, they've been building, and also the refusal of the federal government to really relocate. Um, first so off, you know, I mean, first off, I want to go, you know, it, it, they keep, this is the second time in this article that says, um, I'm going to tell you what, go up a tad, go up a tad, go, up. go all the way up, go all the way up, right? Because you see right here, right there, yes. So now parts of the, at the very bottom, many Native, uh, many native people, yada, 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 right? Now, now parts of, no, I'm sorry, uh, many Native people were forced into the most undesirable areas of America, first by white settlers, then by the government. Is there a difference? So I just <laughs> wanted to just see how interesting, you know, that article is automatically, <laughs> right? And then they try to use the same sentence later on to make it seem like it's separate, like, like as if white people haven't been making these rules and punishing the rest of the world. Um, but you know, native people um, have ha, have always gotten the short end of the stick. Um, always, you know, and 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 climate change is hands down um, one of the biggest forms of white supremacy on the planet. Uh, period. Okay, no no doubt about. It. And here you have a preschool. Okay where the people love the preschool. These are kids. These are kids that are gonna be voters. These are kids that are gonna have, they're gonna help the community. These are kids that, and you know how the Native American culture is, they're really deep, okay, when it comes to, to, to helping elders. So, you know, this is a big time investment and they have no choice but to move. 
they have no choice but to move. So it's like, where are they gonna get the money from? And then how many times are they gonna keep moving? Okay? How many times are they gonna keep moving? Because I don't know if, if folks don't understand this when it comes to climate change, but it's here and it's not going nowhere. And it's an all sides attack. So it's not like you could like you can't be really good on offense and be like okay I can, uh it, like it's it's gonna get you, it's already getting you now. So it's just it's just atrocious, man. It's just atrocious to see that that it's it's just sad. It's very depressing, very depressing. Yeah, it is very depressing. I mean, they're doing their own beautiful type of uh, infrastructure for their community, and all they're asking is like, hey, this land that you gave us. Which go back us. to that that you gave us, which stole us, which exactly stole us, which exactly. is <laughs> even even worse. Even worse, they're yeah. saying. Think about the mindset, and it's like I was watching an Instagram video yesterday. Um, it was um, a tribe. I don't know where they were, but it was uh, elder woman, and she went off. She was going off on these white reporters, letting them have it. She wasn't putting up with the shit at all. They were trying to ask super questions. She was like, uh-uh, okay? Uh, and I think it was about the UK. Um, and, you know, she said that, no, 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 no. She said everybody has blood on their hands with this. You know, and that's what it is. Everybody has blood on their hands with this. And so it, it's, it's just atrocious, man. It's just very, very, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And we got to do something about it. Yeah, yeah, we do need to do something about climate change. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous to what's going on. And of course, we can't read the entire article because it is a big article. I just wanted to give that brief introduction. But if you see something interesting, let me know. But one of the reasons why we need to do something about climate change is because look what's going on around the country right now. The entire west of the United States is in a severe drought. and and their temperatures are very high, like 115 degrees Fahrenheit. And look what the Midwest is what happened the last couple of days. We had a lot of flooding. And we already got a lot of water anyway. We don't need more water. Right, <laughs> indeed. So, like, yeah, so I saw the West was on fire and it was super hot. In the Midwest, we had tons of, of flooding. And so I'm from Michigan. So in our state, how our infrastructure is built. It was built uh, in the way of the 1950s. And it was kind of a lot of our main uh, highways uh, were created when the cities were already built there. So they can't go at the same level because it would create a noise, a noise system and it would be and it would kind of confuse and mess up some of the some of the neighborhoods. Well the white ones, not the black ones. The black ones got steamed over. <laughs> but, of course. But the idea with the highway is instead of you doing it at an equal level, you would dig under the city. So when it was raining excessively, oh you have that giant pool, we had that giant depression there, all the highways were flooded. Most, most wow. of the big highways that are built exactly when I'm describing it to you, they were flooded out the last couple of days. And some of them are still really? blocked off, yeah. So do you, people go to work? Like, can they even function? I mean, there's alternative routes you could take. Right. But it's a pain in, it's a pain in the ass. And some people's cars got trapped, too. Of so. course. So well, my was, wife is from my wife is from New Orleans, and so oh. she she she, uh, she was you know there during Katrina. Um, I moved to New Orleans literally almost like right after Katrina. You know, um, I can go to New Orleans and I can still see the flood line. Uh, well, not flood lines, but the watermarks. 
because, you know, it's, it's still visible. And the thing that climate change, I read about climate change deeply about two years ago, and it made me depressed for about four months, like seriously, seriously depressed. Um, then I had to read that, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, you can be climate depressed, right? Because it's very hard to hear about your, your, your very own, you know, uh, um, species dying, okay? Um, and taking other species with them. That's a very difficult thing to register in people's brains. And I think what happens with the climate change narrative, I think, is that, you know, this, this is, for me, you know, um, climate change is my number two issue. White supremacy is my number one. Climate change ain't that far after that, okay? I joined Twitter because of climate change. Um, because I wanted to, you know what I mean? And it's just like climate change, you know, it's already causing so much cost Okay, like if we could fix it now, which we can, we'd, it would be cheaper. That's what I don't understand about Republicans, morons. You know, like you guys are just, you guys are supposed to be the ones that, you know, balance the budget, you know? And it's like, well, hello, I ran a business. Okay, if you don't solve the problem now, it's gonna be more expensive later, but also not even just more expensive, it's gonna be more violent. Because when you have massive groups of people, if, you, if folks think there's an immigration problem now, which there isn't, hello, okay? So as these next upcoming years start to come, you know, and we already have our, our, our uh, climate refugees already now, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's gonna get more violent over resources, over land. And we've already had many, 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 many thousands of years of history of violence over land in general. So now we're gonna be fighting over land um, that everybody wants because we, it's uh, Even Kamala said, hey, Kamala's, Kamala said the quiet part out loud saying, we're not gonna fight over oil, we're gonna fight over water pretty soon. That's, she did say that, she did say that. And you know what, there's that movie, you ever seen, you're in the movies? Uh, which one? There's a movie called uh, the guys that uh, the big, I think the big, the big hit, the big show, the ones that predicted the 2008 um, economic crash. And I think Brad Pitt's in one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the real guy, and I think there's a, there's an other actor, Christian Bale in the movie too. But the real guy, the one that predicted all this crash and got a lot of money from it. It's funny because I, you know, I was reading up on him. He started investing a lot of money in water. So why is a, a guy, okay, that made a whole bunch of money on options, okay, betting on the economy to crash, putting all his baskets in water, because water is going to be the new war. And you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I really don't like drinking Coca-Cola water. I don't even think we should even be paying for water. Water should be free. It's a ridiculous thing. It was here before we were all here. We are made of water. So, yeah, Kamala always says dumb shit out loud. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until I didn't even think about that until now. You're paying for something that you already are. 
you already are. That's what we are. That's what we started from. You know what I mean? So it's like, but no, corporations, what they're going to do, you know it, tax, like, it, it, it's just insane. And I think that climate change, you know, knowing that um, what I've read from it, you know, um, every single study has been um, conservative. You know, right. they've always come back to say, oh, it's worse. Oh, we forgot about this. Oh, we forgot about the, the, the water vapors. So you got to add another degree, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's very sad. It's very sad. But I think that, you know, we have to be adults about this situation and we have to address it that way because, you know, the species is relying on it. Yeah? And I don't want my kids eating bugs because that's all we can eat. <laughs> Hell no. So I think in that article that we just finished up uh, glossing through, one of the big statements by one of the tribeswomen from Alaska is that her generation of parents, which is once removed from her because she's the daughter, they told her stories when she was younger about the lands warming up. And even she didn't anticipate it being this fast. So that's something that's really very scary in terms of how your environment is changing around you. And also too, there was a, uh, one man who was a part of uh, another similar tribe in Alaska, he was saying how the wells, the water wells in which they get water from are drying up quickly and they have to outsource to other regions to pump water so they can have drinkable water. And also to uh, HUD, um, FEMA, these different type of government organizations, they often make it very difficult for Native Americans to not only get better schools, not, not only get better utilities, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just terrible what our federal government's been doing, and they're extremely slow on that. So what are your thoughts on, like, what I just said about the water wells going dry, not if not being able to get, um, having to outsource, and as well as, like, the stories of, really, their parents telling them that their land is going to be warming up, and the kids not even seeing it become this fast? Well... You can see it. You get what I'm saying? You can feel it. And it's like, if you've lived on this planet for, for at least 20 years, you can tell there's, that there's a difference within five years. I used to drive, remember when, when I used to say you used to go, state to state, yada, yada, yada. But bugs would hit the, uh, hit the windshield all the time. You know? I went on vacation to Tennessee, not saying that's a big deal. <laughs> right, not Fiji or something, but yeah, there's no bugs, you know, those elders were absolutely correct, you know, so, and that's the one thing that, that, that just, it's, it's, it's incredible because if you really think about it, for me, the government would want to not help because then they'd get everything for cheap. So what's the purpose of helping? I'll just let you die. Because then when you, when, when you have no choice, I can get you to do whatever I want to do. I could, I could do whatever. And yes, they can do whatever they want regardless, but I think it's a long game. I think it's a long game, you know? And I think that it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible, you know? You got salmon eating plastic. You got the deepest parts of the ocean, plastic. Um, I mean, it's, it's, that's why I say, 
it's just incredible. And it's like, it's very, it's very apparent that um, we need big time solutions. You know, we don't need the squad saying stupid shit. Okay. We need big time solutions because I don't know if these folks understand when shit, because it's starting to hit the fan. So when shit starts hitting the fan even more and even more, and I know everyone thought that 2020 was a wild year. It's not going to be nothing in comparison in these next 15, 20 years. Nothing. So when shit starts hitting the fan, because you already see people starting to pull up at people's places to protest. So they said, forget the street. I'm just going to walk in the neighborhood and just find your house. You get what I'm saying? So right. when you see this escalating, because that's what it is, okay, it's a crescendo. It's escalating. Every single month, it's escalating. We're getting more dehumanized about pain and violence every single day. So when shit hits the fan, I, I, you know, these politicians, no wonder why they, they love the police. Because when folks is hungry and we ain't got no land and we have to move or we get flooded out, you know, or, or heat, heat waves. I was reading an article last year about UK ACs, air conditioning units, that how do you stop that? So it's like when all this stuff's going to start to happen, man, and it's happening now, you know, so um, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And we walk around and get poisoned every day. Yeah, all of the all these events come together, so it, it makes it very difficult for human life to be to function. And one George uh, one George Carlin quote always hits well with me is like, "Look, yes, we want to save the environment, but if the Earth is here, it's going to be here way longer before we are. So we want to save ourselves, and then we can save the planet. You know, the planet looks at looks at us as a virus, and it's heating up because it wants to kill us all." <laughs> So in order to really help the planet, we have to help ourselves. That means stop using all these different types of excess plastics and stop treating the earth terribly. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of what I really sympathize with. And it's funny because the Republicans, that's, you know, by far the most selfish party. And I know actually really the Democrats are, but both of them are selfish, right? You would think that they would in tune in their brain be selfish about saving their own species because I don't know if you know, but uh, you need food in Mars. So I know they're trying to do all these other things in Mars and make sure that they can bring certain uh, 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 species and, and plants. But at the end of the day, uh, nothing's like Earth, you know? And so it's, it's, um, it's a very, it's a, it's a serious subject, you know? I know that a lot of people because a lot of my friends, I try to talk about climate change at the time. They don't even like talking to me because as soon as they bring up climate change or they bring out, it's hot. I'll, I'll run them down with, well, it's hot because that damn climate change. Like I'll go about 10 minutes off, you know, because I want them to, I want everybody around me to understand that, you know, there is, there's a cause and effect. There's a reason why, okay, um, it's hard to breathe outside. You know, there's a reason why, you know what I mean, food prices, are going up and they're going to go higher. You can't even plant. They got places they can't even plant. Okay. You know what I mean? And so it's, 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 it's like, we, we are like, uh, the people screaming from the rooftops, like telling people, look, bro, 
Like, I know you love that PS5, but let me tell you something. Man, well, that climate change is a bitch. <laughs> okay. And George Carlin is right because Earth is always going to be here. It was here before we were here. We are the aliens. We're made of stardust. What are they talking about? So Earth will adapt. We won't. Okay? So. Ugh. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was, uh, this was fun, man. I mean, you know, I've learned a lot. Had a great time talking to you. So Indeed, it, brother. Indeed. So is there anything you want to plug, uh, share your Twitter name or anything else yeah, in your mind when um, wrap up? I mean, if you want to follow me, uh, first off, I want to really appreciate you to allow me, you know, coming on your broadcast. I think you guys, I'm going to keep saying it. Um, you know, I know you're already, I could tell you're very humble, but I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. I think you guys are doing, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Um, you know, it, it is, it's true. It's not a lot of space out there for you know, not just lefties, because that left and right, you know what I mean? It can be blended together, it can be used. But, you know, just, just people that are humanists, you know what I mean? That that that, that just want to see positive things happen to everybody. Okay, so, um, and, and, you know, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. Um, it's uh, Bailador Negrito. B a i l a d o r n e g r i t o. Anyway, uh, so it means black dancer. Okay, <laughs> so um, um, but you can follow me on Twitter um, if you want, and um, don't say no stupid shit in my DMs. <laughs> okay, I don't play that shit. So, but I really appreciate you, brother. I, I, I appreciate all the work you're doing, all the work, all the work that you guys are doing, and I think that it's just it's important to see people that look like us, um, speak as eloquent as you guys, break down these, these, these complicated um, and, 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 you know, subject matter, you know, because it, it's, it's it, if, we, if we don't have y'all, it'll be like Fox, you know what I mean? <laughs> so well, MSNBC is Fox, so there you go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, I do want to thank you for coming on, man, to really break down um, criminal justice reform, especially that new budget that's being released under the Biden administration, which I don't believe anyone's talking about. So that's something that I'm glad we uh, talked about, as well as uh, breaking down, uh, really introducing the audience to the article about what's going on with Native Americans regarding climate change as well. So I want to thank you for coming on, man. I had a great time, and I guess we're signing out. Peace. <laughs>